This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, August 29th, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. The push for war in Syria appears to be losing some steam as the American public and Congress continue to be opposed to the exercise. Doug Bandau is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. He argues many Obama administration officials may have jumped the gun in pushing for an attack. The way this typically unfolds whenever we go to war, I feel like every time you have uh, the president and various of his cabinet officials making sort of pronouncements about uh, no decision has been made, uh, we haven't decided what we're going to do precisely. but right now, it seems a little different. And uh, do you sense that? And, and if so, what? What is different? Well, the administration seems to reverse the process. They started out with very strong statements, Secretary Kerry in particular. We know without any doubt that the, you know, the uh, Assad government did this. We have to take action. Discussions about uh, ships moving into the eastern Mediterranean. A real presumption that you know, bombing might start even you know, late in the week. And then all of a sudden, the president says no decision has been made. So it looks to me like some of his aides may have gotten out in front of him and also may reflect that they're looking around and suddenly finding themselves rather exposed. The British government, which had been cheerleading for this, has suddenly stepped back and said, well, maybe not. We better wait. We're going to have to have a vote. You know, there's the Arab League is not supporting it. They don't find much support on Capitol Hill. The American people say they don't want it. So we may actually see a potential retreat here. You know, I have this almost the sense the president seems to be sawing off the limb in which his, uh, his aides have gone. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. There may actually be genuine hesitation here in contrast to usually, as you suggest. You know, it's simply what they say while they're getting ready for another war. So if any, in any declaration of war that would be presented to Congress uh, would fail, uh, what resistance do we see there? Well, there's no enthusiasm at all, I think, on Capitol Hill for this other than kind of the usual suspects. I mean, a John McCain, for example, who's wanted this for a long time. A letter signed by both Republicans and Democrats coming out of the House saying that we you know, should make a decision here, that we want to have a declaration. John Boehner didn't demand that, but he said that the president hasn't given adequate justification to Congress. So there needed to be consultation. And the administration has been trying to find a legal justification. This is the president who said in 2008, well, you can't go to war with Iran. You can't attack Iran without a declaration of war. Absolutely not. Well, how is this different? Now they're trying to say, well, you know, chemical weapons. Well, the problem is Syria didn't sign the chemical weapons convention, so you can't go after them for breaking the convention because they didn't. Well, then what's the legal justification? So I think there's a nervousness there. They suddenly see they don't have good legal grounds. They don't have a lot of political support. They're losing international support whoa, this is not a good basis for war. And President Obama has shown pretty much no re- no regard for Congress's power to make war or even the extension or the stretching of that uh, with the War Powers Act. No, I mean, it's ironic, though. The president, of course, was a U.S. senator. I mean, he... Uh, came into office talking about the importance of not taking unilateral steps as in Iran. And then, of course, when it came to Libya, he decided to go off and do it. That uh, said it wasn't even a war, didn't even count. He's trying to do that here again, trying to go off without congressional authorization. This is an administration that clearly wants to do what it wants to do. But it's really constrained. It's, it's a real challenge. And I think that's the same thing with Kerry. This is a man who was in the U.S. Senate. You'd think he would respect congressional prerogatives. But he clearly is charging ahead, didn't even bother articulating the legal grounds, just saying we've got to do this. But now they're running up against the wall. If you don't have congressional support, you don't have legal grounds, you don't have international support, are you going to really – how do you sustain this if things go bad? What is the source of this push? 
If, if, if there's so much pushback on this, where is the actual source of this push to, to attack Syria? I think in many cases, the, the push comes from a fairly small community. I mean, the activist, intellectual, kind of policymaking community always is more interventionist and always more warlike. You know, you, there are surveys that are done in America. You survey the American people. You survey opinion leaders. The opinion leaders almost always want to do more. They want to be active. You find that especially in the Senate. You find that in a lot of the bureaucracy. Some of the president's staffers reflect this. I mean, he really went through a change of staff when his new secretary of state, Susan Rice, or John Kerry, his new NSC advisor, Susan Rice, his new UN ambassador, Susan Power, all kind of reflect this. So I think he's getting a lot of, you know, kind of people around him and a lot from the elite leadership who are pushing this. Nobody else. I mean, it's not as if there are marches across the country saying, let's go to war in Syria. Now, it may be humorous to, to consider, but Donald Rumsfeld has come out and said, well, this president has not made the case here for war. But even in the case of Iraq, George Bush did go to Congress to make that case and before the UN to actually make their case. Yes, and he got a congressional vote and there was popular support. Now, I think it was based on misleading arguments, misleading evidence. Nevertheless, when George Bush went to war, you had a sense he was taking the country to war and it affirmed him that he had popular support, that if you do that, you can make a war. You know, it's much better basis for committing yourself to war than if you don't have that. You know, what we find with Obama is he doesn't have any of that. He doesn't want to make the case to Congress. He doesn't have firm legal grounds. There's no popular support. Well, then what? And he won't get a UN declaration just like George W. Bush didn't get it. So then you're looking very alone. And if you start losing your international supporters, you feel really naked in the international square. What are we facing in Syria? Assume that the United States does go it alone, that President Obama does uh, issue the order. What are we looking at in terms of, of a situation a month from now, two months from now? Well, it appears that the administration wants to do almost the worst thing possible, which are half steps. They don't really want to achieve anything. They just want to punish the uh, Bashar Assad government. They don't want to cripple it. They don't want to force it from power. They simply want to hit it a couple of times, make it say uncle, and then promise not to use chemical weapons again. But that really doesn't get you very far. It's committed the U.S. It makes it harder for the U.S. to back away. I mean, can it, what if Assad wins this war and you've put in troops or you've put in you, – at least you've struck him, you've made missile strikes? That looks very bad. You've committed your credibility. But you're not going to achieve very much. So I suspect a month from now, we're going to be in the same situation. People will be dying in uh, Syria. There are going to be people lobbying to go to war. John McCain and others will be saying, look, another thousand people are dead. We need to do something. The administration will feel itself somewhat committed. Then something else will happen. And somebody will argue, well, you've got to do something here. You've got to do something there. And the administration may find itself in a war without really making a decision to go to war. That's the worst way to end up at war. You kind of inadvertently find yourself in the middle of a no-win conflict, multiple parties, radical Islamists. I mean, what a disaster. Doug Bandow is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work on foreign policy at our website, cato.org.